Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week, we are wrapping up Unit 22 with Session 5, which is titled Jesus Over All, which is a session focused on the doctrine of Jesus' deity. As with many of our doctrine sessions, here we take some liberty to pull out of the chronological storyline to dive a little deeper into a doctrine that has permeated the sessions in this unit. We don't stray far at this time. We will hit upon a key passage in Hebrews 1, but the first two points look at Jesus' teaching in John 10, which has a strong thematic connection to the narratives we've already studied in Unit 22. In John 10, not surprisingly, Jesus is in the midst of a tense debate with Jewish authorities over his healing of a blind man in John 9, which was a different occasion from Jesus' healing of two blind men in Matthew 9 that we studied in Session 3. The crowd had confirmed that this man was born blind. This wasn't a magician's trick or clever sleight of hand. Jesus had created the ability to see and process light in a man who had never before had this ability. And then Jesus went on to reveal that those who didn't believe his miracles were spiritually blind. He pointed out a distinct divide that separated those standing around him, those who followed him and those who didn't. Jesus is the good shepherd, but not all Jews were his sheep, because not all of them listened to his voice to follow and obey him as the divine Son of God. In the four sessions of this unit thus far, We've seen Jesus' divinity revealed in his works, his claims, and his very nature. We'll revisit these categories in each point in this session. In point one, Jesus teaches that his works reveal his deity. We've seen the truth of this point over and over again in this unit, as Jesus calmed a storm, healed a man who was paralyzed, raised the dead, healed a woman's body, restored sight, and provided an abundance of food. With every miracle and every teaching, Jesus was declaring his deity and his identity as the promised Messiah. Sometimes these declarations were overt, sometimes subtle. But for those with the eyes to see and ears to hear, Jesus was making things plain. Yet in John 10, Jews still asked him to state it plainly. Are you the Messiah? And how did Jesus respond? By pointing to his works done in his Father's name. If Jesus were not sent by the Father, then this would have been a lie, and would have been utter blasphemy, and surely summarily judged by God himself. But here was Jesus standing, alive and well, connecting himself and his works to the glory of God. The issue wasn't with Jesus' works or even his words. The issue was with the people. What would they do with how Jesus had presented himself? There are only two options. Believe and follow him or disbelieve and continue to reject him. The metaphor of sheep speaks to this distinction. Sheep follow their shepherd, knowing his voice and knowing his care for them. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep to save them and give them eternal life. The promise that no one will ever snatch them out of his hand should be a great comfort to the believer. We find this promise echoed in the poetic words of Paul in Romans 8, 31-39. What, then, are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? 
Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, Because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In point two, Jesus teaches that his claims reveal his deity. Continuing his argument that his connection to the Father spoke for itself through his works, which also justified the truth that he is the Messiah, Jesus declared that he and the Father are one. We might miss Jesus' intent here, but the Jews in his hearing understood him completely. To their ears, they had just heard blasphemy, a man declaring himself to be one with God the Father co-equal in deity with God himself. So, they did what they believed the law would have commanded in this situation. They picked up stones to stone Jesus to death. But they left one fact out of their calculation and assessment of Jesus' statement. It's true. Jesus, God the Son, is one with God the Father. This is the glorious truth of the Trinity. Responding to the Jews' accusation of blasphemy, Jesus pointed them to Psalm 82, verse 6. Psalm 82 clearly has a cosmic setting from verse 1, but that doesn't preclude that God's indictment is aimed at human rulers, as Jesus interprets the psalm here in John 10. In essence, Jesus' argument is that if in the law of God or the entire Old Testament there is a reference to human beings as gods, albeit with a little g, then it shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that there would come one who would be the Son of God. At any rate, if the Jews couldn't grasp this truth, then all they had to do was look to Jesus' works and believe in him based on those works. As Nicodemus said in John 3, 2, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Yet God wasn't just with Jesus. Jesus and the Father are one intimately connected as Father and Son, one in essence and equal in glory. In point three, we move out of John's Gospel to a classic text in Hebrews 1 that teaches the Son's radiance reveals His deity. When we think about the Trinity, and specifically Jesus' deity and His humanity, a quick shorthand thought for where to go in Scripture would include John 1, Colossians 1, and Hebrews 1. Here in Hebrews 1, the author of Hebrews begins with a statement of weight about the whole of the Old Testament. God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. The messages given and the words recorded were God's messages, God's words. And these were a self-revelation of God to His creation regarding His identity and righteous expectations. From Exodus 34, we hear God say, the Lord, the Lord, is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. 
maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. From his Ten Commandments, we learn that we must love God and love others, worship Him alone, and treat others the way we want to be treated. But as good and wonderful as these revelations were, and are, they pale in comparison to the radiance of God that entered the world in the person of Jesus Christ. This Jesus, the Son of God, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of God's nature. This passage refers to Jesus as the one who created all things and who sustains all things. And on top of that, he is the one who laid down his life as an atonement for sin in order to purify us from our sins. He is the heir of all things and the king enthroned in heaven at the Father's right hand to rule over all things. If we want to know God, we look to his word, the Bible, the scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit, to tell us who God is and what He is like. And God is seen most clearly in the gift of God's Son, who was sent into the world in flesh so that we would see the fullness of God's compassion, grace, patience, love, truth, forgiveness, and justice. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus and the Father are one. And through Jesus we are invited by faith to become a part of this glorious and perfect fellowship and family. The Son of God took on flesh and became fully human without compromising His deity. This is what the Scriptures teach and what the Church has taught from her very beginning. As the God-man, Jesus lived a sinless life and paid the sin debt owed by people, by us, image-bearers who owe our very existence to the One who created us. Jesus has fully revealed God's glory to humanity, being God himself. So we look to him in faith and praise, and we should point others to him for the same. Because Jesus is God, we believers should live in full submission to him, not only turning to him in faith as our Savior, but following him in obedience as our Lord. In this way, our lives will support our words as we proclaim Jesus' deity his humanity, his glory, and his humility for the salvation of sinners and our eternal life with him. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.